The All My Favorite People podcast is proudly sponsored by Peace Love T-Shirts. Go to peacelovet-shirt.com to see the entire All My Favorite People collection of shirts, hats, and bags. While you're there, check out the other collections from our collaborators like Healing and Hope, The Controversy, and Ink Happy. Go to peacelovet-shirt.com and use code FAVORITE for $5 off your first order. Hey friend, get ready to listen in on some long-form conversations and authentic stories with people who have decided to turn their mess into their mission and their past into their purpose. We'll talk on topics like faith, family, and entrepreneurship. Here we go. Hey guys, this is Brittany Jones and welcome to another episode of All My Favorite People. With me today, I have my friend and coach, Heather Shriver-Burns. Hey, Heather. Hey, how are you? I'm good, girl. How are you? I am good. I've been looking forward to this all day. Oh, yay. Happy Cinco de Mayo, by the way. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even put that together, but now I know what we're eating for dinner. Exactly, right? Um, Well, cool. I'm so glad you got to come on. I've been wanting to do this with you for a while, and um, we're just going to jump right in this afternoon. So if you would, go ahead and just share a little bit about you and your family, and then we'll kind of get started. Yeah, well, I am Heather, and I am a mom to three little, little people. Um, We've got a seven-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old, so there's never a dull moment around here, and I have been married to my personal Prince Charming, um, my best friend who we've been together, together, just if we've known each other. We're literally coming up on our our decade here, our 10-year, and so uh, we're coming up on our 10-year to know each other, to date each other, but we just celebrated our eight-year wedding anniversary. So I am a um, a mom, right? Excuse me. I'm a mom. I'm a a wife, and I am a, what you probably refer to as a serial entrepreneur. I've done a lot of different things in the entrepreneurial space, but that was really sparked by me becoming a mom. And wanting to get out of the corporate driven world. So I'm here. I'm here for it. And yeah. That's awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about kind of your role now as a life coach, your certified life coach for entrepreneurs. And you work a lot with um, Christian entrepreneurs. Is it mostly women? Wouldn't you say that's mostly your clients? Yeah, it's all women. Okay. <laughs> but my husband might, you know, I might coach him a bit. No. But, I was going to say, yeah. he's a default client, right? Poor guy. <laughs> Poor guy. He is such a trooper. He is awesome. But yeah, no, I, I am exclusively, I work exclusively with women. I feel like I relate to them better. Sure. Of course. So how did you find yourself in this role? Because like you said, you were, are a serial entrepreneur and, um, I know you've had great success in a lot of different kind of avenues. So tell us a little bit about that kind of your background. Yeah. So I became a mom seven years ago and, Uh, through my own personal weight loss journey and really trying to learn how to be healthy uh, from the inside out, I had joined a network marketing company solely for my own personal fitness. And so I ended up having a lot of success with the program and the products so much so that I saw an opportunity and I'm like, wait a second, people are doing this as a career. And I jumped in headfirst and just went for it. And so one thing that I kind of saw along the way was there was a difference between people purchasing a product and being motivated and excited and 
you know, thinking that they were going to change their lifestyle to people who actually did it. And so as I was coaching people in this, through this network marketing space, I realized that there was stuff about the mindset that was really important. It didn't really matter if they just purchased the program there, there needed to be work done in their mind. And so I ended up pursuing my life coaching certification in 2016. Um, and I ended up just using that as like a natural way to, I didn't, I didn't go into coaching full-time in that space, but I used it in my business and in my life and in all of those things. And so then it ended up doing a couple other different network marketing businesses built, you know, multiple six, seven, eight figure businesses in that space, but something was just not it. Like I felt like I often refer to it as the Cinderella slipper, like I fit, you know, I could make it work, but it wasn't like that just fit right in there like a glove. It was made for me. And so the Lord just always had me kind of in a leadership, coaching, mentoring, cheerleading space in some shape or form, uh, but never fully into coaching until I went full-time into life coaching in 2019. Nice. Well, it sounds like the majority of your clients are me because I am the serial entrepreneur, like sign up, get excited, like two months later, I'm like, oh man, this is like a lot. <laughs> and you know, it, there's so much more to it that, like you said, than just loving the product or having the desire to do it. It really is a mindset issue. Um, so you and I actually had a conversation somewhat recently. And in that conversation, we talked a little bit about, um, just mindset in general. I don't want you to give away all of your secrets because I know, <laughs> Um, that you do coach ladies through this, but you know, for me, even in our short conversation, I, I'm telling you, girl, I had a mindset shift just by having another person see you and see you from, you know, there's, there's a whole other perspective that you're too close to see it yourself sometimes. And when you talk to someone else who is kind of already has the mindset of helping others and, um, just helping people move forward. I really found that our conversation was super helpful for me. And I was able to make, even in just like a short period of time, make that little mindset shift. Um, yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I know that's really at the heart of what you do. Yeah. I think that's a really good point to say that so much of coaching is, and I know this is a very thrown around phrase, but to hold space. But truly, we live in a fast-paced world. We live in consumption mode all of the time that we rarely ever take the time to actually process. And so whether that's verbal processing or journaling or we just, we live in a, you know, we want things to happen fast. We want answers fast. We want solutions fast. But coaching so much is asking the right questions to get you to actually know probably what you already know, but to be able to, um, to really talk it out. And that's another thing that I always mention to people, I am a coach, but I have coaches. So I know the tools. I know the techniques. I know the strategies. I know the questions to ask you, but I really value somebody else holding space for me to process as well. And so it's really important to just have a space to be able to talk it out and to get counsel, right? Get wise counsel from people uh, so that you're not just in your head spinning and using a lot of logic is what we end up doing. And we use a lot of our logic and instead of there's different parts of our brain, right? Which I'm, I'm, I'll get nerdy on you a little bit. I'm really deep into neuroscience. And so I'm actually in a year long certification program right now to get my certification in neuroscience to add that to really how I coach people. That's awesome. 
it's like a whole nother level. I mean, really you're, you're going that much deeper. Yeah. Most, most coaching. And I, I think that one of the reasons that I joined this was one, I knew all the right things to say, especially even from like a biblical perspective, I was working through trauma of my own and I was tying scripture to it. I was declaring and praying and all the things, but there was something else that I knew was off. And so really it was, it was something in my subconscious. I didn't know that at the time, but all of that to say that most coaching coaches toward the symptom just like if we're sick and we sometimes will take medicine to cover up the symptom, but we don't ever really get to the source. And what neuroscience does is it gets to the source. It gets to the root of the lie that the enemy has planted in your head. Mm-hmm. Typically it's all around your identity and something that you're believing. And so, um, yeah, it's a lot of mindset and, and it's a lot of the heart too. Yeah. So then how do you go from coaching women to be successful in business to, coaching women to be kind of successful in life, no matter what, because, you know, one is so, and okay, I'll out myself here. My little mindset kind of issue, if you will, is around money. It, it is, it, I didn't even realize it. And you said it and I was like, dang, she's right. And she like, we barely know each other. And she figured this out about me so fast. And it's something that, um, I don't know that I ever even was able to put my finger on until it was said. And then there's like, there's words and you can articulate it. Um, And that was so powerful for me. But, you know, there's a big difference, obviously, between coaching women to just earn a ton of money and coaching women to have a deep and meaningful relationship with Jesus. So how do you marry those two? Or how how did you move from one to another? Yeah, I literally put a post today up on Facebook and said, um, my secret sauce is that I started seeking the father instead of seeking success because I had spent my life seeking success. And truly that's rooted deeply in a lie that I have um, been working through about having to prove my worthiness or my value or be loved because I do good things, right? So even whether it's our relationship with our heavenly father or earthly relationships or work or competitive nature, whatever we want to label it, um, we can get so wrapped up in working for things. And so I did in the business world, I was running an eight figure business. I had, you know, all the things of the world's definition of success. I was traveling. I was, uh, I had my dream car. We had plenty of income. Like I was speaking on stages. I was doing all of the things and something still wasn't like the Cinderella slipper one. And then two, I had a lot of discernment. There was things like I was receiving a lot of earthly success, but something was off and I couldn't quite figure that out. All that to say, I chased the worldly success and I caught it and I had it in my hand and I ended up losing all of that too. And so I, as in my healing process of, of losing that business and the, the, you know, that season of my life, um, I realized that the only thing that I really was after and wanted was Jesus. And so the difference between my coaching and a business coach, because I've wrestled with that, because I do know social media, I do know marketing, I do know because I've had to do that for my boutique, I've had to do that for our apparel business, I've had to do that for coaching, I've had to do that for network marketing. So I, because people will come to me and say, well, what do you do? And I feel like the Lord has given me so much clarity on this recently. So it's exciting that you're asking because I feel like I've wrestled with this question for a long time. What do I call myself? You know, um, 
But at the end of the day, I am more focused on the person than the plan. Because I know that if the, if the person is not healthy in their heart and in their mind, they can get the plan and they won't execute it well, whether they won't execute it at all, or they just won't execute it as well. So a lot of coaches are focused on a strategy, a formula, a method, a plan of how to do something. I'm focused on the person so that when the person is, gets the method, the strategy, the formula, the plan, they carry it out with excellence. I love that. I know for me, the, um, the beginning of this whole kind of self-discovery journey, it, it did start with digging back into my Bible. Like I, I wanted to be successful, but I, I was so, there was like this disconnect for me as well with what I'd been grown, what I'd grown up learning and what I'd been taught. And, you know, for me, my faith was more of a blind faith and it was more of a, like, you know, I just, I believe it and it is what it is. And it got to a point where that wasn't enough. Like it, I needed something more and I needed something deeper and diving into just studying the word and, and really trying to live as Jesus lives. Like my name on social media is like Jesus style. And I, and I, I did that on purpose because I really want to just be a little mini Jesus, like a mini model of what he was to the people around me. And it really wasn't until I felt like I was living more in that place where I wanted to be, um, the person that I wanted to be is when I actually, things really started kind of moving with our business too. And I don't think that's a coincidence, but I also don't think, like you said, my mindset wasn't the business. My mindset was get in the word and align yourself really with what scripture says and the success will come. Yeah. And I, I refer to that as heart set because God, you know, God's word says that he doesn't look at the outward appearance. We can do the do. We can have everything on the outside looks great. I had that life where everyone thought I was living the great lifestyle and I was giving God glory and I was posting Bible verses and I was shouting out his praises, you know, look at what God's blessing me with. Um, but God looks at our heart. Yeah. And at the end of the day, my, my, my successful business um, was on, was on rocky foundation. It was like the sand, right? The, 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 and so we want to build our, God wants to bless us and he wants us to carry out the mission. And so many of us, it will be through business, but he wants to make sure that we are building it on a healthy foundation. So mindset's really, really important, but God looks at the heart. And that's another thing that I really help women see is where in your heart, maybe perhaps something is off. Um, because God cares about what, what's in here and if we're stewarding well, what he has for us. Yeah. So you mentioned a couple times earlier already that there was a disconnect for you. Do you mind sharing what that was for you? Um, oh yeah. Let me tell you most recently. Well, I, I think again, I, 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 by the grace of God, I was raised in a Christian home. I have known about Jesus my whole life so much so that I think sometimes they just become stories instead of like a true understanding of what does it mean that Jesus actually like died for my sins. And, um, I think that's a, a lifelong journey of, you said, you just took it for what somebody told you, but when you get into God's word and the Holy spirit, just like, just walks you through things and, and gets in the middle of that, there's so much more depth to it. Right. And so it's, yeah. it's, it's as if like, right. They say the, the word is alive and active there's a reason for that because it, it grows with us. And so, um, for me specifically, why I actually got into this, the, the head and the heart, like I knew 
I, you know, the, you know, we talk about speaking after say affirmations. Like I say, these are declarations. They're the same thing, right? I just tied them to scripture so that I know that they're rooted in the right place. But, you know, we're saying affirmations, we're saying declarations. I could say all the right things, but I wasn't living from that place, right? You can say, God loves me. Okay. God loves me. And I, I, I know that. But when you know that you know that you know that God loves you, you operate differently. You yeah. treat other people differently. And so there was a disconnect between what I knew up here about who God says that I am and what, um, what he's blessed me with in the business space to actually carrying that out. And for me personally, I'll get real raw and vulnerable with you. Um, when I end up losing the business that I had referred to back in 2018, it was a very traumatic experience for me. Um, I was 27 weeks pregnant at the time. I was the only one working because my husband was able to come home from his corporate job and be with our family and start his own business. And so uh, I had a lot of pressure to, uh, to perform. Uh, not really because God is good and he provides all of our needs, but I was in that mindset, right? All that to say, when I lost that business, I really had to learn what it meant to really believe the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Um, and, and not knowing if we were going to be able to pay our bills or put food on the table for our, our not only two at the time, but three, the next one coming. Mm. All of that to say, as I was healing through that process and trying to like, I kept my businesses going to some extent. Uh, the Lord did ask me to lay some of those businesses down, but I kept going. Like I got back up. I got back up on my feet as, as um, hurt and broken as I was, the Lord helped me up. But once I got to that place of like wanting to set goals again for my business and wanting to go for the big God-sized dreams again and wanting to really help people, there was this, uh, there was this blockage and I couldn't quite figure it out. Mm. And um, all that to say that I knew I was saying all the right things. I was in my word. I was praying. I was, I was seeking counsel. I was getting coaching. I was like, I was doing all the things. There was still a disconnect. And anyways, through this neuro coaching, what I realized is that I was operating from a victim mentality. Mm. Now, if you would have asked me if I was a victim, I would have been like, no, I'm not a victim. I'm a victor in Jesus. Cause I knew that. But subconsciously, which is the interesting part about our subconscious is that we operate 90% of our day based off of our subconscious. And all that is, is just deep rooted um, thoughts that have become belief systems, right? Yeah, yeah. And so if you would have asked me if I was a victim, I would have been like, no girl, I'm not a victim, you know? But when it came to making decisions in my life about moving forward and getting back to like a, a healthy place in business and setting goals and dreaming with God again, and you know, we're going to do this right this time. I'm not just going to do my business for God, but this time I'm just going to do it with God. There was this like blockage and I couldn't get past it. And it was that I was wearing a yoke of oppression and I was operating like a victim. And until I could see that and get to the root of that, um, and how I did that was through someone holding space for me, asking me a lot of questions. And I was listening to the garbage that was coming out of my mouth, like these words that I was speaking. And I'm like, oh, that sounds really toxic. Like that sounds like a victim. That mm -hmm. sounds like I feel like I have been, and I was, I was hurt. I was, I was done dirty. So there's, and this is where the power of we get to choose our thoughts. Regardless of the situation, we get to choose our thoughts and why our thoughts are really, really powerful. So instead of saying I am a victim or believing that lie, deep-seated, deep-rooted, right? I started speaking life over myself. I'm, I'm a victor in Jesus. But it was different. Instead of just, I didn't even know that was not one of my affirmations, but I didn't even know that was at the root of it. 
Mm. But once I, and, and right, we think about, we got to get to the root of the problem because if we get that, then we can pull the whole thing out and get rid of that lie. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I wouldn't think victim mentality if I look at you, Heather. And <laughs> no, neither did I. I was like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Holy spirit for giving me that mm. because that was totally life-changing because again, I think we walk, a lot of us, we all, you know, we can live this Instagram worthy, Pinterest worthy life, right? We're so used, especially in business. We want people to see the success. We don't want to see people to see the pain and the struggles because we want to have that authority and that, you know, like, this is what we're really good at. Um, but when God showed me that, that I was, that I was operating as if I were a victim and I was wearing a yoke of oppression, um, I knew how to get to the root of it. I knew what to pray for them. And I think sometimes we pray with the right intentions and, um, you know, and, and, and God knows our hearts, but like when we can really get to the exact thing, oh, there's just so much power in that when he just removes the blinds, you know, our blindfold from our eyes to let us see. Yeah. Do you have a life verse or a favorite scripture that you love to pray? Oh, that's good. You know what? The Lord has really, like I mentioned, going to church, you hear certain things all the time. The Lord's prayer is actually so awesome. Like I have said it so many times that just in church, you know, just repeating it, but the Lord took me line by line. Hmm. And I'm like, this is how Jesus literally taught them to pray. And so why do we not do this? Not from more of a, you know, like, let's repeat it back, uh, but more of like actually understanding what are we saying? Like, what are we actually saying? So I actually love that. Um, that that's my answer for that. Yeah. There's so many, there's so, and I've been trying to speak scripture out loud, not yeah. only write it, I've been doing that a lot in my quiet time, um, writing and journaling actual scripture, but then speaking it out loud because there is power in the tongue, right? There's power. We either speak life or we speak death. And so I've been trying to get into a, a better habit of that. Even if people are like, well, I do my quiet time early in the morning, but sometimes they're like, what are you saying? I'm like, I'm just praying. <laughs> I'm just praying. <laughs> I love that. Oh, so as far as like the hard times, if you will, like now that you're on the other side, can you think back to what that felt like or what that kind of, I'm not asking you to like redig up your trauma. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I'm, I am claiming healing a hundred percent. Yeah. No, no, no. It's okay. This is what we have to talk about because I think, again, we want to see the pretty stuff. And, and I'll tell you, I see my memories on Facebook and Instagram. Like I can see the posts that I was posting and I was posting from a place of pain and from a place of bitterness and brokenness. Mm -hmm. And the Lord has even showed me, even as I continue to, I'm on the other side, but I also have a ways to go sure. as the enemy just loves to know our weak spots and how to get in there. And so I don't feel like, um, I feel like that's that beauty in like being poor in spirit, right? The recognition that like, man, we need Jesus every single day, all day long. Um, but I am on the other side, uh, but I know that God wants to take me even further. Yeah. So I don't even know what you're asking me. Sorry. I just wanted to say that, that like, even though, you know, you feel like you're, you're healed, right? Yeah. Um, God wants to take us from glory to glory. He wants to take us into deeper depths all the time to get a better understanding of who he is and how much he loves us and who we are in him. Yeah. I know for me, like the hardest things in my life to this point have been the things that have, and I know it sounds so cliche, but brought me to my knees, you know, like there's just something about kind of 
losing control <laughs> that'll really help you, you know, turn back and say like, okay, God, like you've got this and I don't understand what's going on right now. And I don't even see how we're going to make it, but you yes, that was, that was it. Yeah. I had to trust God. Yeah. Because I was pregnant. I was already tired. I was nearing my end of my pregnancy. Um, I had already given my all to this business uh, only to wake up and it literally being gone. Um, and then just a bunch of other yuck with that, mm. um, very publicly on social media. Uh, and so I wanted, so fight or flight, that's our natural response to things, right? Fight or flight. And I, I recognize from my post a lot, there were days that I fought right? And I could see it in my words, whether, you know, maybe, maybe again, maybe you didn't see it, but I knew what my heart was feeling. Yeah. Um, or I just ran away and I was like, I don't want to deal with this today. Or, um, but I think it's really important for us to share the dark seasons because then it gives other people hope, which is really what the Lord has showed me through my story is that you can get back up and yeah. that God will help you back up and it'll be better um, if you let it. And so I think of when you said your brokenness, I always think of that uh, Ephesians 2.10 says like, we are his masterpiece. And the Lord just gave me this beautiful picture of a mosaic uh, and just these pieces of this shattered glass. But if we let the Lord pick up those broken pieces and put them back together, he puts them back together in such a beautiful way um, that it just shines. It, 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 it just shines his love. Yeah. And really, you know, like toot my own horn a little bit. This is what the podcast is all about, right? Like Let's talk about the hard things because those are the things that resonate with real people who are living real lives in the world who, you know, every day someone is, you know, dealing with something big or small. And I think it's so important to show that, you know, God, God just comes right alongside of you and he can redeem those moments. But in, even in the future, like to be able to look back and see the provision along the way is, man, that. That, that brings the depth, I think, to me in your relationship with Christ as well. Um, yeah. And so let's talk about heart set a little. Could, could you please explain what is the difference between heart set and mindset? Because I think people might use those words interchangeably, but I don't think they're the same thing. Yeah, I would agree. They're not the same. So I think mindset is like saying something or uh, it's believing something in your head is possible right? Heart set is living it out like it's true. Mm. Yeah. So how do, you coach, how do you coach heart set? Because that seems kind of challenging. <laughs> yeah. And, and we, they do connect or they're supposed to connect. But what happens is that what's in here comes out, right? That's what scripture says. What's in the mm. heart comes out. And so I hear it. There, there, it's like, there's this pathway from the head to the heart, right? I hear it in people's words and what they say. And so then we can attack those things that they're saying that are deeply rooted. They're, they're in here, but they're also coming out in, in different ways. Right. And so, um, coaching on the heart set is a lot about having tough conversations with the Lord, asking the tough questions to yourself and to God about, whatever, who he is, who you are, what happened, um, you know, all kinds of different things, but it's, it's almost always deeply rooted in our identity. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping women and, and men, right. Seeing their identity in Christ. And what does that mean? But in order for us to know our identity in Christ, we also have to know who God is. 
Because sometimes, again, we can just say those things, but knowing who someone is and knowing someone is two different things. And that's back to what you were saying about getting in the word, spending time with the Lord, like knowing who God is and actually having an intimate relationship with him are two very different things. So I encourage women and really help a lot of my entrepreneurial driven, uh, you know, women who just, they have God-sized dreams and big goals, but tend to put that first before God and before their family. And I'm only saying that because that's what I did. My business was an idol. It was an idol in every way. It went before God and it went before my family, even though I loved God and I love my family, my priorities were out of whack. And so just in the language, I can hear different things. And so I can know things and then we can just match them up to scripture and say, is that what God says? Um, so they, they are closely connected, which is why I understand why people interchangeably use them, but truly it's, there's one thing to think it, there's another thing to live it. Yeah. My pastor always quotes another pastor and I can't remember his name right now, but he says, um, what you, what you think of when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Oh man, I'm going to, I messed that up. I'm sure I'm going to have to look that one up, but essentially like, you know, for example, like some people have no relationship or a bad relationship with their human biological fathers. Right. And so we, as just humans, the way that our brains work, um, we correlate that with our heavenly father, just because the word father, right. Is there. And so there's this, um, we almost place our own value and our own identity of what we think God is based on perhaps our relationship with our, our father here on earth. And, you know, that is obviously can be good. (laughs) Like if you have a great father and you have somebody who's just has loved you unconditionally and, and, you know, models and mirrors Christ, um, then obviously those two things can correlate. But if that's not your situation or your story, then, you know, that's a hard, sometimes a hard thing to look at at the same time and think, how does my heavenly father feel about me? Um, what you think of when you think of God is the most important thing about you. I think that's it. Um, I know you're speaking exactly. So a lot of the things that I work with my clients on have nothing to do really with business. Right. And it never usually has to do with what they think it is on the surface. It's something much deeper. And so my, um, victim thing actually stemmed back to my childhood when I was accused of doing something that I didn't do. And I got in trouble for it. And my parents are awesome people, but at, a, at, at the age of four, when I got in trouble for something that I knew that I knew that I knew that I didn't do, I was innocent, but I still got punished for it. Um, <laughs> funny enough, the enemy knows, right? That when I was 35 and I was accused of something in my business that I didn't do, and I still got punished for it. And so interesting, right? How that connected. I had to go back to a four-year-old and forgive my dad for that in order for me to really find forgiveness for the people who did it to me in my thirties. And so, so many of the things that we're dealing with as adults uh, actually are things that the enemy got into our, whatever our lives in some way. Um, There was a a seed, right? I call them seeds. And a a lot of the things I do is refer to things as weeds, right? There's weeds in our gardens. Our lives are like a garden in our mind. A lot of the things that we're fighting now are not our fault. 
because they happened to us when we were so little that we didn't have our prefrontal cortex in, in it wasn't developed enough to say that's wrong or that's right or that doesn't feel good or that hurts we just read how we responded to them was just as truth and so I always tell my clients this listen part of your battles are not your fault but they are your battle to fight right and so um, and we're going to fight this thing. We're going to get to the root of that lie that you're believing probably that happened as a little girl or a little boy. Like, and that's crazy to think of how the enemy, which is why moms and dads, I, uh, the Lord continues to show me that my first ministry, yes, I want to lead women to Jesus. I want to point women back to Jesus. But my first ministry has to be in my home because the enemy is after our kids. Yeah. He is after our kids because our kids can't make those choices for themselves. They're, they're just developmentally not there to say that's right, that's wrong, that's good, that's bad. They only know what we tell them. And that's, that's where those things get deeply rooted. Um, and so, yeah, there's a big connection between the traumas that we experience uh, today. Like you said, your earthly relationship with your fatherly, your father relationship, or you can think of Jesus as a brother or a friend. You know, the Lord is working through, yeah. through me in business partnership because I, I stopped trusting in other Christian women entrepreneurs because that's who hurt me in my business. And so God's been healing that to show me that, no, that's not who I am. And I want to partner with you. And so, yes, you nailed it on really understanding God's nature and character as God, the father, as Jesus, our, our, not only like our brother, our savior, our friend, um, our husband, uh, and then the Holy Spirit. Like understanding those three in depth will totally change your life. Yeah. All right. Another thing we always say at my church is what is God saying to you and what are you going to do about it? So anytime we hear like a sermon or just a good word, like that's something that we're always kind of asking ourselves. Is that a technique that you use? I feel like that would be a really good question. Oh yeah. One of my favorite verses, Jeremiah 33, three, and I'll paraphrase, but it's basically come to me and I will tell you hidden things you do not know. And so I think even as entrepreneurs, again, I, I speak to that a lot because that's my people, but um, we want to know, like, we want to know what's the, what's the secret sauce? What's the strategy? What's the, what's the formula? What's the method? You know, what's all the things, but even as a mom, we could have questions or just anything in general, but God constantly says, come to me and I will tell you hidden things you do not know. He's a good father. He wants you to know what he's thinking. It's his will for you to know his will, but yeah. we tend to go to other people. We tend to go to podcasts. We tend to go to pastors. We tend, and not that any of those things are wrong, right. but that the, the creator of the universe is like, you can come to me. You can spend time with my word and myself and I will tell you the things you don't know. And so I love that. What is God telling you? And what are you going to do with it? My prayer is always give me eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to obey. Because it's one thing to hear it or see it. It's another thing to obey it, especially when it doesn't make logical sense. Yeah. How do you teach that one to your kiddos? <laughs> That's through a example. Yeah. Through, right? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think everything we do really has to be through example for our kids because you know, my mom and dad taught me some really good things. Right. But I, but I see by example. And so I think that, and I, 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 um, I've been, we have been asked to do some crazy things that logically don't make sense, but the blessings, I always say the blessings are on the other side of obedience because the Lord has just blessed us. when we took that radical step of faith, didn't make logical sense to us or anybody else. Um, but we did it anyways. And the blessings from that, or just truly like, it's like those times where you're like, I can't make this up. I cannot make this story up. This is, this is God. 
And it's because I, I took that step of faith. I did what he asked me to do. And he knows that he can trust me with whatever else. Yeah. I love those stories. Those are my favorite. I had an experience similar to that this year where actually in, it's kind of weird, but God told me, go ahead and start the podcast. And I was like, okay. And I was really scared, but I kind of moved forward in it. And then another thing kind of came up that I had no idea was coming. Um, I got that little still small voice that said, you know, your church is going to call you back. And, and I had been on staff there for a long time and had left. And literally like 10 days later, I got a phone call out of the blue, like, Hey, we need you to step into this role, you know, temporarily. And it was so bizarre, but I, I remember those two things being connected. God basically said, step out in faith, do this thing. And I'm not even that I'm going to bless you because, you know, like it, it wasn't necessarily like a monetary blessing or like anything over the top, but it was just like, follow this, you know, my direction here. And then this is going to happen. And it did. And it was weird and cool. And like, we call those God sightings. And those are my absolute favorite. Um, yes, I have so many of those and my clients do too. They're like, Oh, and that, those are probably my favorite stories, right? The, the one that them growing in their relationship with the Lord and trusting him because intimacy builds trust, right? So when he asks you to do the thing that doesn't really make sense, you don't have all the answers. And again, I think sometimes we are such control freaks. You mentioned that earlier. And we are, we can tend to be such perfectionists that we want to know all the details. And the Lord says, you know, can I, can you give me your yes today? And my word for 2021 is surrender. And that sounded horrible. And I was like, no, I, I, I like tried to negotiate with God and be like, can you give me something else? Um, and I threw out another word to him and, you know, throughout the first couple of weeks, he's like, no, I it's surrender. <laughs> but over the first few months, he really clarified what he means by that for me. And it's surrender the need to know, mm. surrender the need to know how surrender the need to know who surrender the need to know why, where, what, just give me your yesterday and trust me that I have your best interest at heart. Um, and I think that is it. It's like, what are you hearing from God? And then what are you doing with it? Yeah. You mentioned earlier, we talked a, a moment about modeling for the kiddos. Um, I totally agree with you. We've been saying around here so much more is caught than taught, right? That the kids see everything. Um, have you looked into apologetics or have you gone down that road at all? Um, yeah, I'm a little bit familiar. Yeah. Okay. My husband's more um trying to think of the word. Uh, I'm a, I'm a feelings person. And so, uh, yeah, he's more of like a detail. Anyways, go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> I, I know enough about certain things, but and, unless it like really catches my interest, I don't, I don't deep dive, but yeah. I'm familiar with the term and yeah. yeah. So it's something I just kind of stumbled into this year. And it's really all about like teaching our kids these things and, and not necessarily, necessarily exposing them to the world because I don't want to use I don't think that's the right term, but allowing them to kind of enjoy the world as it is, but through the filter of obviously the Bible and Christianity and the word of God. So um, it's really cool. The book that I've been reading is called Mama Bear Apologetics. It's so good. I would definitely. Oh, yeah, that that sounds good. Yeah. And so it's on Audible, but uh, if you're not a reader, um, but yeah, it's so good and really just helps I think most parents I think like you said the enemy is after our kids I know we're jumping back but um that's so true I think especially now more than ever it's become like 
obvious, at least to me over the last several years that he is, he's not playing around anymore. Like we're dealing with some really kind of serious things as a nation and just as a culture and, you know, having this mindset, heart set conversation, I think as moms, especially like if we're in alignment with what Christ is calling us to, then we are able to model that for our kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and they see that in us. Have you, I know your kids are little, um, but have you like been able to have any kind of conversations with them as far as, you know, just their relationship with God? How old are your kiddos, Heather? Yeah. Seven, seven, four, and two. So yeah, we do devotionals every night. Um, and so, yeah, we, we talk about God all the time. You know, I try when they, like last night, my son was thinking he choked on a lifesaver like two weeks ago at church. <laughs> okay. Churches don't give your kids lifesavers for it's all. Um, but he choked, uh, literally was like choking on a lifesaver and it totally freaked him out. But now he's almost has this complex about choking. And so last night he was like, my throat hurts. And I just feel like, you know, I just said, honey, I said, it's, it's okay. I said, but you know, God tells us like, we shouldn't fear. And so I was just quoting some scripture in him and and he was laying in bed at night. He was thinking, he was praying and he was just like, thank you, mommy, for, you know, just reminding me that I don't have to, there's nothing that I have to fear. Um, so I think even in that, like our kids, they catch it, right. They catch, they, like, they see me reading my Bible every morning. Uh, now that wasn't always, you know, but that's something I'm committed to. And I'll just share this because this spoke to me so deeply a few weeks ago, I used to get really frustrated when my kids would wake up and, and uh, interrupt my quiet time. To the point where I would get like angry, like I need more Jesus, you know, like, you know, praying for like, I need more fruit of the spirit and this is not helping. But the other morning and my, my, my oldest is seven. So the other two are not quite there, but my seven-year-old came and said, mom, can I read my Bible with you? And I could cry saying this, but uh, the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart and says, those interruptions were never interruptions. They were invitations. And, um, you know, I think again, just anything that we do is just modeling that, that our kids see how we react to things, um, how we, how we handle situations. Right. And so I, I've had to apologize to my kids, you know, for not, not reacting the right way. And I, I'm very honest with them and say, you know, I'm sorry, mommy, mommy was not kind with what she said, or I think that those real life moments too just help them see us as humans. And so then there's never that level of that they have to be perfect. Yes. Thank God for that. I was just talking about that with one of my other guests, Kara. And, you know, just this, especially think as women, we just have this kind of perfectionism mode. And like, I even as like a self-proclaimed type B personality where I don't need all my ducks in a row all the time. Um, you know, still like, I, like you had said earlier, you know, I want to do things in excellence. I want, especially as an entrepreneur, like I want to look successful and be successful. And I want to kind of like give that impression that I kind of have my stuff together, um, for the most part anyway, but there is just something so authentic and true about those moments where, you know, we lose it. (laughs) And we just don't have all of our stuff together that God's able to really show up in those moments, like, and, and teach us, you know, and I I think I may have said it before, but I know that sometimes when I'm correcting my children and maybe you feel this way too, (laughs) I know what you're going to say. I'm like, yes, the The Lord's Lord's like, like, you too, girl, 
you too girl i know i i always i always say like yeah he's always like you too girl and i just literally could hear god saying you too honey you too you too baby girl yeah yes so much yes it's so humbling right and it's like and then when we really recognize that we are children of god even though we are adults and we're you know we're mothering or parenting our own kiddos we are still in the eyes of god we are his children Mm -hmm. yeah it's humbling and I mean, reassuring too, that just like we don't expect our kiddos to be, to be perfect. You know, I always tell people there's a difference between excellence and perfectionism. Perfectionism is is prideful. It's actually rooted in pride uh, because we almost feel like we have to be, we have to be perfect. And it's also rooted in this like lack, this feeling of unworthiness or not valuable. So our three core basic human needs are to feel loved, to feel safe and to feel worthy and enough. And so much of that's where I also find like around the coaching, someone, there's something missing in one of those things. And it's a misunderstanding of God in those areas, although they will be reflected in our earthly relationships too. Yeah. So yeah, that perfectionism girl, I, where I battle with that too, um, because I'm working for my worthiness, right? Working for my value. And so, cause we live in a world that says the more you do, the more you get, the, the better you are, the bigger your platform, the more money you have, the more valuable you are. And that's, that's not what God says. And so we're fighting that. Like we, we see that in our, in our world all the time. And so we're fighting that kingdom heavenly perspective versus the world that we're living in. Yeah. Good stuff, girlfriend. I love it. So how much of the conversation is about identity? Would you say a good, like 80 to 90% of what you're coaching women through then, like you said, is, is around their identity? Yeah, but they don't know it. And not until we get to the root of it. So case in point, uh, I was coaching a woman last week and she was talking about, um, I just can't do my list. Like I have everything written down. These were, these were my April goals and, and, and I didn't do them. She's like, and, and they're not even hard. And she's like, I just like, I know what to do, but I can't do it. So that's a red flag to me. I'm like, okay, there's something holding her back from that list, especially if they're, t- they're very things that she knows what to do, all that. So throughout, you know, coaching and all of that, um, it finally got down to uh, her. She doesn't think what she is offering is of that. She doesn't think she has any value to offer people. Well, of course, she's not going to do the things on the list if she doesn't think that what she's going to actually end up with at the end of it, right? So her brain is in self-preservation, fight or flight mode, and she just flights. She runs away from it. She keeps herself occupied by other small tasks that don't really yield the results that she needs. And so she didn't know, like she didn't come to me saying, I don't have value. I don't, what I have to offer isn't valuable. Right. She just came to me saying, I can't do the to-do list. I'm like, okay, let's talk about that. And then it really got down to her identity. So when you say, do I coach people, how much of it is talking about their identity? Most of it's not because they don't really see it there because our, our identity is written in our subconscious. So we operate from that place, not loved, not valuable, not worthy not safe, not, you know, the victim that I was saying that I was right. But we don't, we don't proactively choose that. We 90% of our decisions that we make in our day are based off of that. And we don't choose it. We just do it. Yeah. It's like inherent because of the way our brains have been wired essentially. Yeah. It's like, you can drive to, like, I could drive to Target and not really think go left, go right. I have to go three miles down the road. It's just like, no, I just know, like, I just instinctively know how to get there because I've been there so many times. And that's where people, you know, that repetitive nature, right? Once you hear something so many times uh, or you do something so many times, your brain doesn't know the difference between a good thought and a bad thought. 
your brain doesn't have that, that op- it doesn't know to say that's a good thing, that's a bad thing, that's a safe thing, that's an unsafe thing. All that it knows is what you repeat to it over time. And that's why the words that we speak are so important. Yeah, girl. All right. Final word of wisdom for our listeners. And then please share with everyone where they can find you on the internet and uh, how they can support you. Oh man, a final word of wisdom. Can you give me like, I don't know what it will give me a topic. <laughs> um, maybe that is that really being aware that your words have the power to speak life or death and you get to choose what you think. It, a, a, a thought is a choice. And so no matter what has happened to you um, or, you know, a lot of people say life doesn't happen to you, happens for you, but some everyone has trauma of, of yeah. different types, right? And so either way, you know, we have the power to choose what we think, hence the be transformed by the renewing of your mind, because when we can take that thing um, and we choose to look at it through God's heavenly lenses, we truly can transform our life, our life. So there's my words of wisdom for you there. Um, and where you can find me. Oh yeah. Um, well, I do have a podcast myself. So yeah. there is that the garden of favor podcast. That's where I love to hang out the most. Um, and then I have a Facebook community garden of favor bloom society. If you're a Christian female entrepreneur, you can head on over there and check us out there. And I, you had asked me about my website earlier, but it's under construction for like the fifth time. Uh, and so y'all don't need a website to have a successful business, but, uh, eventually it will be heatherschreiberburns.com once it's up and running. Awesome. And I follow you on Instagram too. You're always posting awesome things. And ladies, if you need someone to just talk it out with somebody who can help you just get to the root and to the heart of maybe where you're stuck, whether that's spiritually or in business, Heather is just fantastic. And like I said, I spent one hour with her and I had that little mindset shift that like blew my mind. So take my personal recommendation, please. And if you need that help, please, she just wants to help. So let her, okay? (laughs) Thank you for that. Brittany, you are such a treat. So I am so, yeah, I loved hanging out with you today and I can't wait to see what God has for you. Thanks, girl. Same. I look forward to listening to your podcast and checking you out on your community group. I actually love that too. There's a lot of fun in that Facebook group, you guys. Come on in. All right. Have a great day, Heather. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Hey friends, thanks so much for watching and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please make sure to like and subscribe to this channel and hit that little notification bell so you know every time I post something new. Of course, check out Peace Love t-shirts as well. That's where you can get all of our Life Jesus style gear and all my favorite people gear. Thanks for tuning in and I hope to see you next time. I will make your name famous from now on so people will praise you forever and ever. Psalm 45, 17. If you liked today's episode and want more info, check out lifejesusstyle.com and hashtag lifejesusstyle on social media.